abundantly. Amen. And um, we just wanted to also, uh, like I said, I was reminding you about the services. If you're unable to tune in, that's okay. Uh, uh, live, you, it'll be available for you to watch later. Now, let me ask you, we ask you this from time to time, but I'm asking again. Take the programs and share them on your pages. It's so simple. Down at the bottom right, there's a share button. Share it. When you hit that share button, everybody connected to you sees that you know that this church is still in existence and that you are in agreement with the teachings of this house and that you're connected to this house. So help us with that. Vita does that constantly. We almost can't post something before we get it posted. She's already shared it. I mean, and we really, really, really appreciate it. She's helping us get the word out. You know, we want to get the word out. God has called this church to do amazing things. We can't do it by ourselves. It takes a team. Very excited about the synced groups that are going to begin soon. I know that Ida's getting ready to start hers on the mind of Christ. Linda Bond's getting ready to, to start hers again for those that are dealing with grief due to losses. We're going to deal with this and minister healing from a biblical spiritual perspective and this house is doing everything we can and the dedicated people in this house are giving of their time to help reach out and minister and cause an effective change in the lives of others we commend you for that we appreciate that and so uh get connected with that we'll have the exact details and dates of that very soon so anyway, that's what I wanted to share as Pastor Josh is coming. Thank you for praying for us while we were away. We had an amazing conference, and the Holy Spirit showed up and showed out. It was wonderful. I know that you had great ministry here. As Trudy brought forth the word on favor, God has favored you. Amen. And you're walking in favor. So we appreciate that. We appreciate that even if we have to be away, we know that there are anointed people in this church that are, that are gifted, that are going to rise to the occasion and preach the word and, and encourage you and share with you. And so it, it makes it uh, comfortable for us. We're not away very often, but sometimes we are, and we will be some this year. We'll be away some. But we know that God's going to continue to speak forth his word through the laborers that are in this house, and we appreciate that. Join with us as we continue to pray for the many who have suffered loss and damage and been in the freezing cold and their you know, homes are damaged with the water and, and things of that nature. I know that your hearts have been broken. We relate from a different perspective, but we're standing with them all in prayer and believing for breakthrough. You want this mic or that? All right. Good morning. Before I get started, I got to give my word to my wife. I know I told you the other night, I think it was Thursday or Friday when we got home that you're going to start having dreams, you know, and you say, well, I don't really dream. But I know, honey, that you hear God through, I guess, sensations and feelings. But I felt it as I was in worship and I heard again, the Lord said that you were going to hear him and see things in dreams and visions like you never had before. You know, you're a prophetess. And I think that God is going to elevate that gift. I remember long ago that I had a very detailed dream from God about you. I think we were we were just married just a year. And he uncovered some of your calling for me. And, and it was so detailed. I could tell you who was in the dream, what happened. Uh, but I believe that it's now the time and season 
that the dreams and visions are going to come, even as this morning, as you were talking about, I see addictions and bondages being broken off, that that seeing anointing is going to open up, amen, and, and, and um, I just feel this, you know, time travel is not out of the realm of possibility for you. <laughs> You do know you can go with other places in the spirit, right? Okay. I, I just for people that may not be aware, it does happen. And there's ministers that move in that realm today. And I, and I believe that Bethany can press into that realm. Anyway, let me share this real quick. I'm going to talk a little bit about Blizzard Breakaway. As you can tell, our leadership, we are on fire this morning. I mean, I feel the presence of God. Our hearing, our clarity is there. And why? It's because there's been a consecration of ourselves. Come on, we have went away into the mountains. Come on, to pray and be with God and to have services and have fun and get away from this life. So I'm going to share something with you real quick because I'm going to challenge our church members. It is so vital to this ministry for your life to be a part of Blizzard Breakaway. I'm just going to be real with you. And if it's a financial thing that's holding you back, I'll pray for the increase over you. We'll pray for the increase over you. We can do fundraisers, all kinds of things. But there's so much that happens. And it has changed drastically over the last few years. And there is an anointing and a presence of God. I wrote this. It says, many people back home are missing the Blizzard Breakaway Conference year after year, not realizing that often at this conference, there's an impartation that carries us through the entire year. Two years ago, Patrick Kitely gave us a word, Psalms 144, and I remember because I did the voiceover and Bethany put it to pictures of the promises that were coming in the house last year, having no clue within 30 days that the world was going to go into a lockdown. Bethany and I both spoke on prospering in a famine. And let me tell you, there's some people that heard that message and they opened up multiple businesses last year. I know people that made more money last year in the COVID shutdown than they did in just a normal while. And it's why, because in seasons of famine, you have the greatest opportunity to prosper if you know how to solve problems. All that was shared before this ever happened. Bethany and I had no idea that COVID was coming. And I believe that there's a word, I'm going to share it Wednesday night, but God is coming to visit His church. Amen? The bride, I wrote this, it says, The bridegroom is coming, not for rapture, but for visitation. And I talked about the virgins and the oil, and there were so many prophetic messages that came out in that service. And man, pastor on uh, Tuesday morning, we, we, we thought we was going to have to handcuff him and tell him to hold down, but I mean, it was the Holy Ghost was flowing, and it was amazing. And uh but the bridegroom is coming, not for rapture, but for visitation. Amen? Come on, he is coming. And you better have your oil ready and your wicks trimmed. Come on, you will not be able to buy or ride someone else's anointing to enter in his presence the days ahead. Despite what the song Led Zeppelin says, you cannot buy a stairway to heaven. There's so much that happens with addictions at Blizzard Breakaway. Listen to me. Why are you taking time for this? Because it's important and you have to March 1st of next year. Mardi Gras on March 1st. You have over a year to prepare yourself to be in a place where I know God's going to touch you. I remember when there was one lady, I was sitting down eating breakfast and she came and hurt with another lady and she came and ordered food next to me and she's like, man, I just wish I could get rid of this cigarette addiction. But well, we prayed right there. 
And I said, we prayed, we declared, and I said, you know what, you might have to fast, but I'm going to tell you what, within a not short, not so long period after that point, she doesn't smoke anymore. Because see, there is something about divine timing and impartation that you need to understand. I didn't understand it in my early Christian years, but I understand it now more. There are Kairos moments. What I mean, there are times where God sets up, just like the upper room, where there was an opportunity to receive. And God sets things up for His people. And if we move in the direction that He has for us, there's often an impartation that is released to you that carries you into a greater place. That's why the ones in the upper room got the Holy Ghost and the ones who, were, who left did not. It wasn't that it wasn't available to them. They were not aligned to receive the divine impartation. And when God is carrying something to deliver you through your life uh, or to bring a breakthrough or to bring a blessing upon you, you need to align yourself to be in that place to receive that. Amen? So I just want to share that with you as I get ready to pray that you know, it's, it, it, it's really, God can do a lot in a Sunday service, but eventually we have to end service. <laughs> On Tuesday night, or through the online, or through our breakthrough nights, God, but eventually we have to end service and you have to go home. But when we're at Blizzard Breakaway, and this is why it's so powerful, is that there are days set apart, out of the norm, away from the stresses of life. Come on. And not only is it one service, but it's five. And so you have laughter. Come on. That brings joy to our heart. Amen. So you have a soulish thing that's being lifted up with community and fellowship and food. And then you have the spiritual impartation. And so if God starts to do a thing in your life, you have multiple services with a releasing in that before you ever come back home. And that's the power of getting away to be into a conference. So I just challenge you, um, if you can make it, make it. We would love for the whole church to be there. Amen? Because there's power. Father, I thank You for the opportunity to give You, Lord. I thank You all that You've done this past weekend. I, I can't even think of things that happened, but I know that people were ministered to. I think every person got a prophetic word. And not just a, oh, you're, God's going to do good things in your life, to the point where tears were coming out of people's eyes because, because of the, the, uh, the anointing of that word and the power of that word. Father, I thank you that um, you have called your church to be destined, Lord. And I thank you that even in this church, Lord God, you're, you're rearranging some things. You're connecting some things, Lord God. And I thank you what you're doing, and the great days are ahead. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give and to worship you, Lord. Father, as we come and pay honor to you, Lord God, as we bring in from the sweat of our brow, the work of our hands, our offering, our tithe. Father, I pray that you would take it and that you would cause it to be blessed. And Lord, that you would give back into people's lives, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, Lord God. I pray that there would be no lack in the house, no lack in our families, Lord God. And every sickness, disease, and bondage would be broken off people in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this day. We give you praise and glory as pastor comes and you bring your gift forward in Jesus' name. 1 Timothy chapter 6, I want, to, I want to look at this. Many times believers have a misconception of walking by faith. And uh, so we're going to deal with faith today, okay? Uh, so if you would, as I go there, um, 
there's something inside of me that's leaping today. And uh, it says in verse 12, chapter 6, verse 12, 1 Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. How many of y'all declared you're a Christian, you're a believer? Amen. Come on, that's a profession. That's a confession. That's a declaration. You know, it, it's, a, it's, it's, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. Now, there's things that goes along with being believers. And I'm going to deal with some of those things that once that you become a believer, your life should have been illuminated. There should be something coming out of you that other people see that have never seen before. And you could be in a crowd and, and, and others seem to be dim, but you're bright. You know, and so you have been illuminated. It, I, I talked a couple of weeks ago about how that Adam and Eve were, were created. <clears throat> and they were created in the image and the likeness of God. Now, if we understand anything about God, and through the scripture, we look at Moses. Moses says, I want to see you face to face. He said, you can't handle it. So what I'm going to do is I'm put my hand over the cleft of the rock. And as I pass by, you'll be able to see my, my hinder parts. And uh, then all of a sudden we find he was illuminated. What took place, he began to glow. He began to glow to the point that his own brother Aaron, when, when Moses came out of the mountain, his own brother Aaron didn't even recognize him because of the glow. He turned and ran from him. This is how, how powerful God wants our lives to be that we are so lit up with God. You know, people get lit up with all kind of stuff, you know. But we need to get lit up with God. Amen. And so, so he's saying, Paul is saying here, fight a good fight of faith. When you start looking at this, there, there, I think there's a misconception in the church world today of what, what does that mean? By, what does that mean for us to fight a good fight of faith? There's a lot of people that think that, that we're effort, effortlessly gliding through into our destiny. Let me tell you, that is the biggest misconception that you'll ever have in your life. When you become a believer and your life is lit up, the devil now sees you more than what he saw you before. And he begins to attack. I've got five areas I'm going to show you that he begins to attack us in. So, so we don't glide uh, to the destination uh, of our lives. There are hiccups and there are struggles along the way. Anybody in here ever had any hiccups? Any struggles in your, in, your, in your walk with God. But the Bible teaches us quite opposite of what is taught in, or what is said here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. In that verse, the Apostle Paul, he begins to write and he says, Fight a good fight of faith. According to this verse, the path of faith often requires a fight to see it through to completion. I'm going to take a breath right there. There often there is a requirement of a fight to see it through to completion. So the word fight in the Greek, which refers to a struggle, a fight of great exertion or effort. It is here uh, where we get the word agony, a word often used in the New Testament to convey ideas of anguish, of pain, of distress, and of conflict. The word, th this word um, uh, fight, 
uh, it itself comes from the word, um, I'm sorry, it comes from conflict in competition. That's where uh, it's so famous in the ancient times that they're looking at uh, athletic events where that people were coming in wrestling or they were fighting animals or or whatever. You know, they turn people loose in a lion's den. So there's a struggling. It's a struggling with all their might to overcome its opponent in an effort to hurt him or to hurl him to the ground in a fight to the finish. We're in the fight of a lifetime. Amen. As you're, as you're in your Christian walk there, we have to give everything we have, everything that is within us. We have to study to show ourselves approved. We have to have a prayer life in order to stay in tune with the direction that God is going. We have to learn His ways. And when He begins to move, we need to move with Him. If He's not moving, stand still. Amen? If He comes and brings manna to you, get out, gather it up, bring it into your tent, and devour it. Amen? I think too many people are living on old revelation. Which is devoured with worms. You know, I appreciate the revelation of the past and we learn from that and we grow from that. But I can't eat that today. I've got to have a new revelation for my life today. Amen. So I can't rely upon the moves of God of the past. There has to be a move of God today. So, so when I understand these things, then it begins to bring me to a place like Paul is talking about in these athletic arenas that I have to give everything I've got to the event. Now they're talking about people wrestling. They're talking about people fighting a fight. And when they come into the arena, they're not looking at the size nor the coaching staff or or, or, or their tennis shoes or, or how high they can jump. They're not looking at any of that. What they're looking at is how how can I take him down? I think I think the battle is lost in the mind. Many times. Uh, you know, people drive up in their bus and they look out the window, you know. One of the biggest things like at, at LSU, uh, when, uh, when the opponents are coming in, they're driving into Death Valley. And, and all of the people that are, are on LSU side are lined up in the street and they're shouting at the, at the opponent that's coming in and they're in the safety of their bus, but they're getting all kind of things hurled at them. Why? Because they're trying to get in the head. They're trying to mess them up before they get on the field. Because if they can mess them up before they get on the field, then the battle is already won. The battle was won in the street before they got there. But, but, but if they keep their head straight and not listen to the things that are being said while they're on the street, when they get on the field, they have a better opportunity of winning the game. Everybody understand it from that point of view, right? I think it's interesting because you can you can win or lose the game before you even get on the field. And so he's talking about a wrestling match here. He's talking about opponents coming out into this wrestling match. And, and the objective is to give everything you have from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Everything. There's times when you've done some things and you look back over and you say, you know what, I could have done some things differently. 
I could have done some things a little bit better. I could have orchestrated myself in a better way. I could have disciplined myself in a, in a, in a stronger way. And as a result of it, I could have done and performed more. And the very fact that Paul would use this word, a word that was very well known in the world of his time, alerts us emphatically that when we step out to do something by faith, I'm not talking about wrestling in the natural. I'm talking about getting into a place of faith where we activate our faith, that we begin to send our faith out to go and bring back into our life what it is that we're needing. It often pushes us into a previously unknown or a fight that we're unaware of. There's things that happens that come our way that we didn't expect coming when we start stepping out in faith. Because a lot of people think that walking in faith is an easy thing. No, it's an easy thing when you understand how to work it. But if you don't give up on your faith, the Bible say, says faith without Come on, you know the word. Without works is dead. So I've got to work this thing. Touch the person next to you and say, you got to work it, baby. It throws us sometimes into a, a type of agony or anguish or conflict or pain or distress or, or, or a struggle. It isn't that God wants you to struggle. Instead, this is the fight that results from, number one, the flesh that resists the will of God. The biggest fight that we have is our flesh resisting the will of God in our life. But in Romans, Paul, Romans 7, Paul says, uh, uh, the things that I want to do, I don't. The things that I don't want to do, I'm doing them all the time. And then he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this, from this bondage of sin? And then he goes into chapter 8 because somewhere between 7 and 8, he gets a revelation. He says, Whoo, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in. Here's the secret, in Christ Jesus. So, so the flesh, the flesh brings resistance to the will of God. That's one of the conflicts that we have. And then the number two is the mind that struggles to understand what God has told us to do. The mind that struggles to understand what God has told us to do. Yeah, many times God speaks to us and we, we're already working it out. We hallelujah, hallelujah for a moment. And then we say, God, were you really talking to me? You really want, it's like Moses, I can't speak well. You want me to go and talk? I, I have a stuttering problem. And God got so frustrated with him. He said, look, Aaron will be your spokesman. I think we need to have that scripture in us that says, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. Number three is the circumstances that seem to stand in the way. Circumstances that seem to stand in the way. You know, there's things that God places in our heart. He gives us vision, gives us understanding. And now we come into alignment with that vision. But now we start looking at a world condition and say, I don't have the education to do that. I don't have the background to do that. I don't have the money to do that. I don't have this. I don't have that. Look what, what's opposing me. There's no way. And so what we have is circumstances that seem to stand in the way. Number four, people who oppose you. Anybody, anybody in here ever been talked about because you declared that you were a Christian and you going to church on Sunday and you going to revival service and you reading the word and you're praying 
Many times there's opposition that comes. And there's a reason there's opposition. Because the devil uses opposition to win the battle before you get to the battle. The fifth thing, the devil himself who throws his weight against each step of faith that we take. Part of his weight is the 